0: Purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Pursuit of the Perfect Race. I'm Coach Terry Wilson, and with each episode, I bring stories of athletes to you that share their experiences at races in order for you to learn how to have your perfect race. We'll hear stories from athletes of all ages, abilities, and races of all distances. So regardless of where you fit in, there's something in there for you. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the pursuit begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to the pursuit of the perfect race. I have a real treat for you today. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Michelle Reed about her race at Ironman 70.3 Haines City in Haines City, Florida. This race took place on April 8th, 2018. The temperature on race day was in the mid 70s and rose into the 80s. The water temperature was right at Wetsuit Legal at 75.9. She has been a member of BSR, which is Big Sexy Racing, for two years now. Michelle has been doing triathlons for two years and looks forward to many years in the future. I look forward to hearing about your race. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So what made you want to do this race?
1: Well, I found out that a, that a, a lot of Big Sexy Racing triathletes, so team members, were going to be doing the race. And I, I, uh, I couldn't... I could not not go, so it was kind of at the moment my husband and I were sort of in between either Galveston or Florida. So when we found out about the you know all the teammates going, we said, "Oh, that's it. It's decided. We're going to Florida."
0: Okay. So how was your training going into this race?
1: I think it was it was good. I I felt like for my for my first half Ironman, I I was maybe a little more prepared, which is uh, why when I went into this one, I decided. I'm just going to have fun with it. So I wasn't having any aches or pains or anything. I was definitely healthy, but I didn't feel as prepared as the last time. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to do the best I can and then just, you know, smile and have fun. And if everything goes great, then great. And if not, then I'm still going to smile and have fun. And and that's what I did.
0: Okay. So what plan did you use?
1: It's called my husband's plan. So I just do whatever he tells me to do. And that's pretty much what I do. He, uh, since he started with triathlons before me, like he, I got lucky in that sense. Cause I didn't have to, you know, go with someone and not know anything about what I was doing. I just said, he said, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to, you're going to do your runs. You'll do fart legs. You'll do tempo runs. Uh, let's get in the pool. We'll do intervals. And, and I, I just, you know, pretty much follow, you know, we follow that plan. We have a good group of, uh, running friends in, uh, Eunice, which is where I live and, and that helps because you have somebody kind of keep you accountable. So like getting up early in the morning and uh, we try to do long rides on Saturdays, you know, mix up the three different sports and not forget to take a rest day, which is important. And so yeah, that's my husband's plan.
0: <laughs> okay. So did you get injured in training at all?
1: Um, No, I had a, cause you always have like a couple of moments where like your knee starts to bother you and then you kind of start freaking out like, Oh my gosh, is this something more serious? Uh, I had some uh, neck issues a couple months ago and uh, went to the chiropractor a couple times and got that adjusted and it was fine. So I didn't have any like major issues, just like some little aches and pains, but just try to be really smart about it. Just kind of back off the training a little bit, make sure to rest don't overdo things and kind of pay attention to where it hurts. And, and I was you know, able to just get to race
0: day with no, no serious injuries that would hold me back. Okay. So if you look at your training, about how much training in one week were you maxing out at as far as hours of training?
1: Um, let's see. Probably about se- maybe between seven to 12 hours. It Depended on how long, if I was able to do a long bike ride on Saturday. Normally, uh, during the week, because of work, I I can't put out more than an hour and a half for anything that I do. And uh, try not to be, if it's running, try not to be out on my feet too long to avoid injury. So that's like the main thing. So basically, uh, we just try to train to where we'll be on tired legs or be tired as if in a race but not be too long at the moment. Just like a lot, like a a little bit every day, every day to get to sort of that fatigue, but not overdoing like uh, doing too much in one day.
0: Gotcha. So now do you have a previous background in any of the three sports?
1: I actually, uh, was on a swim team in high school. Never thought I could run. Uh, I I thought I was too heavy to run. And I said, "I'll, I'll never be a runner. I'll never run. And, uh, when I saw my husband running and I remember when he said he ran three miles, which in Eunice is so small, three miles, you could almost go around the whole town. And I was like, you really, you went, you went that far. And I couldn't believe it. Like three miles blew my mind. And when I went to see him run his first 10 K and I'm, and he was pretty fast and I'm seeing all these other people coming in before him. And I'm like, Oh, he came in before my husband. Okay. Oh, oh she came in before. Her. Wait, I think I could, I could probably go try this running thing too. So you know, just worked my way up a little by little, uh, half a mile, one mile. And then I remember the day I did three and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then like four and five, six. And, and, uh, so then that's when I became like a runner and well, I should, I became a runner. Let's say it was a little bit. So, um, but the, the biking I never did, but seeing, you know, uh, again, uh, my husband doing the triathlons and I was like, you know, I see a lot of these people that are just getting the triathlons. They're, they're They'll do the bike. They'll do the run. No problem. But they're afraid of the swim. And I'm like, you know, I, I did swimming in high school, so I'm not afraid to go out there and swim. So I knew I could get that done. So I said, okay, well, if I can run and I can swim, then the only thing left for me to do is to get good on the bike. But like I said before, like getting on the road bike, using muscles that you're not using like an arrow pretty much sucked and so i would go do the triathlons to have fun but just grip my teeth just to get through the bike and then just get to the run which i like better so that i only had previous experience in swimming but then you know just the the other one the other ones came little by
0: little okay so now what was your longest swim going into this race
1: probably about two thousand meters in the pool
0: okay what do you think your longest bike ride was
1: 56 I'm sure okay. <laughs> I never went over what I had to do
0: yeah so this is an early season race what was the longest time you spent on the trainer
1: no longer than two hours which is kind of funny because uh I had when I had said that I had not trained as much as I thought I had for the last one uh, part of it was that for my last half I had a lot of really good Saturday long, uh, training rides. So like three hours, you know, and because of the weather it w- had been a crazy winter with the, you know, really cold and snow, I had to get on a trainer a lot. And, um, the longest I had on the trainer was two hours, which was actually a couple weeks before the race. And I was suffering at two hours on the bike on the trainer. And I said, how in the heck am I going to be over three hours on on the bike for this race? If I can't do two hours on the trainer. But then right after that, we had a nice Saturday, was able to get out on the road And did three hours on the bike, 56 miles. And it was amazing. And I said, okay, I got this. I could do do the bike. I need to stop
0: worrying about it. Nice. So now, if you think about the run, what was your longest run going into this race?
1: Well, I had done the uh, Louisiana Marathon in January. Okay. So it was 26.2 miles.
0: Okay. And then as far as you're building up into the race, what was your longest run?
1: Probably probably about 11 miles or 12. Normally, uh, like I said, we, I don't, we don't do, we'll do, we'll split it up in a day. So maybe on a Saturday do about an hour and a half of running. And then that afternoon we'll go do like, you know, 30 minutes of running. So we kind of take a break in between just to avoid being on our feet too long.
0: Okay. Now, how many bricks did you do going into this race?
1: Probably three or four, to be honest. Cause I had, I was, I had also been marathon training. So, uh, training for this race didn't really start until after January. And then this was in April. So there wasn't a lot of, a lot of of time, like kind of like resting from the marathon and then kind of starting over again.
0: Okay. Now with the marathon training, how much recovery time in between the marathon and the real training for Haynes city did you have?
1: One good week for sure. But then, uh, it, You kind of have, you, if I say one week, it's not that I'm completely, completely out of it, like probably two days until I do anything. So then I'll go out and do like a 30 minute run or spin on the bike for an hour because what tends to happen is you kind of, you get, you know, your muscles start getting tight and you really need to loosen them up and get the blood flowing. So literally two days of rest, but nothing extreme until maybe the next week and not even just kind of slowly building back up again.
0: Okay. Now what specific workouts did you do for each of the three sports that gave you the confidence to go into this race mentally prepared?
1: Well, for running, um, I I just, we run, I just run every day. You know, like I said, I have a, a really good running group and we just, we run pretty pretty consistently three to four times in the week so the running's always there and the um, the the swimming I'm able to get into the pool two times in the week um if if I can't get in as much as I'd like uh, like I said I'm comfortable in the water and I know you know I'd be fine just keep a nice steady pace bike I hadn't been on it as much and it was that one three hour ride that, that kind of boosted my confidence like okay uh, I got this. Cause when I when I had done the Austin race, it ended up being such an awesome race for me, which was my first. So you know your goal for your first is just look, I just want to get to the finish line. So I had done such, had such a good time on that Austin race that I said, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to have a good race like that again. So I don't want to have too high expectations for upcoming races. Um, but but actually. Haines City I did end up being a really really fun race even though it was much hotter on the run than it was in Austin it, it did end up being really fun
0: okay so do you work full-time
1: yes I am a teacher and I also teach uh, one college online course and have three kids so that's
0: a that's a full full-time <laughs> right so now then how big of an issue was balancing life work and training for you
1: it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Um, we used to, our oldest daughter's in college, so she used to be like a huge help watching the kids if we wanted to get to the pool, uh, being at home if we had early morning runs. And she, you know, this is her first year in college, so we kind of lost that you know, baby babysitter, quote unquote. And so without that help, it's really been challenging trying to like okay, whose turn is it? Okay, you get to run Monday. I'll get on the bike Monday, and then you go run Wednesday. And you know, so just kind of like trying to share that training time. It, it, it's challenging, but we're we're able to manage it. But sometimes it kind of makes to where we don't feel trained as much as we'd like to. But we're still appreciative of the fact that we get to train at all. And so we just you know take what we what we're able to get, and and then just run with that.
0: Okay, so what tips would you pass on to somebody that? has the time management issues that you do.
1: I would I would say find a time that you can do when you can train and make that a like a priority for yourself and others. So people will start like, oh, let's invite so and so to have dinner with us Monday afternoon. Well, uh no, that's when they swim. So it's you know, it's like that people know, look, this is when they're going to do this type of training. Like this is their time. And that way you make it your, your daily habit. Um, if you have to miss a workout for whatever reason, don't beat yourself up about it and say, well, forget it. I'm not even going to do this anymore. That was just one day. Next day you just get back into it. If you have a day where you do, you're able to do a workout and you say, Oh, that sucks. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Forget it. It sometimes are going to suck and sometimes are going to be awesome. So you just get right back out there and do it again. And like I said, you can't do hardcore training, but just do what you can fit into your day and, and just take that and put that into the race. If you can't do hardcore training, you're not going to go do a hardcore race. You can't push yourself to the max if you can't do it on the training. But if you train well enough, then you take that and you move it over to the race and then you just you just smile and you wave and, and, and you just have a, a good time. And that's why we're doing it anyways, is to go be healthy do something fun, meet people and, and just have fun with it.
0: Nice. Now for your training and racing for this race, what kind of nutrition did you use?
1: We had, well, of course, like many others that start, you know, they go through the whole like uh, gels and goos and this and that, and you know, what works and what doesn't. And um, I've never really had any issues, stomach issues. I've been able to pretty much take a lot of things during the races I try to eat something in the morning, like as soon as I wake up, I'll have like half a bagel with peanut butter, and then when the race gets a little closer, I have some oatmeal and uh, maybe a banana or some some gummies right before I jump into the water. Uh, of course, try to drink water. Uh, I try not to drink too much because I don't want to get in those long porta potty lines. <laughs> um, then uh, once I get on the bike, I'll eat like a, a wafer, and um, I have a, a power, a mix that I put in, in one of my bottles of water. That kind of gives me electrolytes and 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 all that as I'm on the bike. And
0: what kind of mix is it?
1: It's uh, it's Tailwind. Okay. And uh, it just I I remember when I was doing these long bike rides towards the end of my bike rides, I would get very tired to the point I'd be in a really, really bad mood. And, um, my husband said, look, why don't you put some of this tailwind in there and drink it as you're riding? Cause it might help you to not get as fatigued. And it was, it was awesome. Like by the time, you know, by the time I get to the end of the rides, I had enough energy that I could actually keep up with everybody else that was on the bike. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't just use this before. So I feel like it's really important that, when you're doing the, those long bike rides, have something that's going to sustain you throughout. So where you're just kind of sipping, and then that way when you get to the end, you're not totally miserable because you weren't giving yourself the, the what, what your body needed as you were going through your
0: training rides. Okay. So what was your mindset going into this race?
1: I just wanted to have fun. Um, I, I could have tried to beat myself up uh, thinking about, okay, I want to I I do the swim in this time, I want to do the bike in this amount of time, and I want to do the run in this amount of time. And, of course, I had sort of a, a general idea of what I wanted to do for it. But um, all in all, my goal was, like, don't drown on the swim, don't fall off the bike, and see if you can get a sub two for the run. That was my goal.
0: <laughs> nice. So you live in Louisiana. You traveled to Haines City, Florida. How did you travel to Florida?
1: We decided to go in my uh, soccer mom van, <laughs> so uh, because that way we could put the bikes in the back and it would be out of the elements in case like it rained or whatever, and they fit perfectly in my van. Um, and uh, so we drove. It took us about twelve to thirteen hours to get over there. And the 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 cool thing about it was that we could just like literally just roll the bikes into the back of the van. Close the door, didn't have to worry about taking anything off, putting it together again. I mean, we just got there, we took it out, checked the tire pressure, all good. And so it, it, I'm really glad that we drove, of course, it took longer than if we'd got, gone on an airplane, but it was just, it was so much better. And then, you know, we could take whatever we needed. We just, you know, through all the like nutrition and, and shoes and everything that we needed to go over there, didn't have to worry about how much, what fits. And um, it, that was just like the, it was, the best, the best thing we could have done was just to drive over there in the van. Everything, it was perfect.
0: Nice. So what day did you start your travel to the race?
1: Well, we left Friday morning very early. We left at 4 o'clock in the morning, although that's the time we normally run. So it was just like, okay, well, instead of running, let's go to Florida. I, w- I probably would have liked to have left on a Thursday, to just to have a little bit more time to just sort of decompress and relax before the race.
0: 18 plus
1: right, about six o'clock at night got our stuff out together um saturday went to the to the expo got our race bib looked at all the little you know kiosks the shoes and and base salt and and uh you know what pioneer any any other places we could get to looked at the, all the iron man merchandise which is really cool um and that, now that i've done done two i'm like oh i get to wear this and because I've done one, so I can actually wear one knowing, I've yeah, I have actually done one. So that's pretty cool.
0: So this is your second time doing this distance?
1: Yeah, it's my second. So <laughs> it's funny because my husband has an Ironman Austin sh- long sleeve shirt that he did uh, when he did 2016. And since I did the 2017, I'm like, oh, I'm going to borrow the shirt because, you know, I did do an Austin half Ironman. So I could actually wear
0: this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you get there, you get all checked in. Are you using an Airbnb or a hotel?
1: Uh, I, uh well, it was one of our roommates that, uh, found it. And I, I, I believe he used a, an Airbnb. I'm not hundred percent sure which one, but one of those. And he found, uh, okay. it was a house that our roommate found in champions gate, but in a specific area called festival. So it was all these brightly colored houses just one next to another. And it was, v- it was really nice and super comfortable. And I had a little tiny pool in the back, not big enough to get any training in, but just enough to just sit there and relax. <laughs> so it, it was, it was a really nice
0: house. Nice. So the day before the race, what was your final workout before the race?
1: I had a run on the Thursday morning, but we, I just did like an easy one hour run kind of like in a, kept my heart heart rate in aerobic. Just, you know, chatting away, talking about, you know, what was coming up, how we are getting there with our friends and and what, you know, our expectations were and, you know, all that good stuff with your friends. Like before you go do like a big race, like what's going to happen and what do you think I'm going to do? And hopefully the weather's good.
0: Nice. So did you have any issues with the bike prior to checking it in on the day before the race?
1: No, I had absolutely. I've been very lucky with my bike so far. Knock on wood that because I, I say, OK, if, if, if my tire pops or something, especially if I'm during the race, it's like my plan. I know how to do it, but haven't had to do it. So my plan is to begin doing it. And hopefully somebody comes by quickly. Can I help you with that? Sure. So but I've been very lucky. I haven't had any issues with the chains or the tires or anything. And my bike's
0: done really, really well. Nice. So you get your bike checked in. Now, do you have a certain meal that you like to have the night before the race?
1: I found that uh, stay away from anything that can get you gassy, number one. And I, I found like a small amount of, of pasta with not too much sauce and um, some meat, like some maybe some steak or, or some chicken, maybe a sweet potato. I, I found that to be the best like night before a race kind of meal and a lot of water.
0: <laughs> so what you're saying is you just want ramen noodles and Spam
1: exactly that's exactly i wasn't gonna say that you know i'm gonna keep it like oh yeah just you know no (laughs) you get you would definitely get enough salt with the spam
0: oh my gosh i've never ate i've never ate spam in my life never are you serious yes
1: it's delicious but i don't eat it anymore
0: (laughs) oh my gosh i don't eat it anymore that's like hot dogs just can't do it exactly exactly Man, so did you try to get in bed at a certain time the night before the race?
1: Yes, uh, try to be in bed uh no later than nine, and I think I think I pretty much got into bed by nine o'clock um and that was another thing I kept thinking oh man i I hope I'm not too nervous. So I just, I, I just I'm, I've been pretty good at just relaxing myself. You know, you kind of every once in a while I get like the little butterflies like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go do half have Man. But then I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. You know exactly what to do. You take it. Don't worry about the whole thing. Just worry about, you know, everything step by step. So, you know, got there Friday night. What's the next step? Going to get my bib the next day. What's the next step? You know, looking at the expo. Now what's the next step? Oh, have a good good meal. Get to bed on time. Wake up in the morning, you know, just, you just take everything step by step. And then all of a sudden you're there at the start. You're like, okay, what do I do now? Just jump in the water, just swim to the other side, you know, and then, and all of a sudden you're at the finish line.
0: Right. So now then, so on race day, what's your morning ritual before you leave the condo?
1: Well, the night before, cause I do have a, like a, a night before ritual. So the night before I literally lay everything out, especially if I've traveled, you know, lay everything out and kind of go through the motions like, okay, I'm on the swim. I'm on the bike. This is what I need. And I go through everything and then I start, I pack everything in the bag as I have to take it out for transition. And then in the morning I make sure to get a cup of coffee to get me going. If you know what I mean? And um, I don't want to be too graphic here, (laughs) but anybody who's done any of this or any kind of running knows you've got to get yourself going in the morning and it's like my husband says, there's the magic number three. If you've been able to get that going three times, you get to go. So we're like, I got my two. I got my three. Dang it. All right. It's always a race between us. But anyways, um, so got my morning coffee and uh, make sure I get some nutrition. Uh, I kind of go over what I need in my head one more time. And like, okay, got the shoes, got the bike. Then we'll jump in the car, start going over to the race, and we'll kind of ask each other you got your helmet yeah you got your shoes yeah you got your bib right and then you know you have that you always have that one little moment where you didn't remember something that you packed and you're like wait a minute and then you look like oh no i got it i'm good i'm good and that's pretty much like you know what that's my ritual before we go to the
0: race (laughs) so as far as traffic the morning of the race was there any traffic how was parking
1: well that uh we had heard that for Han city the parking would be a little difficult and when we had gone to get our race bib, it was, everything was all open. It was great. But then, um, someone had mentioned that day, well, they're going to actually block off these roads right here. And I was like, oh, wait, well, they blocked this off. We lose all this parking. So we knew that there was going to be a little bit of issue with parking. So traffic was great getting right up until, you know, that point where like, okay, I'm seeing people, you know, walking over with their bikes and the bags and everything. So we know this is where we everyone you know, getting close to the race site. And, uh, we take a couple turns and it's car after car, after car, after car, car. And there was some dude there waving. He's like, parking, parking. We got parking. And so my husband said, all right, let's, let's just come in right here. And they said, okay, we got parking. How much is it? Okay. $25. And we were like, you know what? We just want to get out of this car. So we just went ahead and paid for it. And then found out later, of course, there was some other places with like 10 or $15. But we we're like, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. We parked. We're good to go. And we got, we were very close. We were about, probably about a block away from the, from the start. So it, you know, it was very close. So it was, it was well worth it.
0: So you could bring your bike the morning of?
1: Yes, you could bring your bike the morning of. Uh, My husband left his the night before, but I was hesitant because it was very, very windy. And every time I was like, well, maybe I'll leave my bike. This super huge gust of wind would come and everything would fly around. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll I'll take my bike. But David left his bike. He just used his electrical tape and he taped it real, real good. And he said he found it in the exact same spot the next morning because it also there had been heavy rains the night before. And uh, he said, Look, if it rains, I'll I'll just get my bike will get a good washing. And that, so that'll be cool. And it did. So, but I I took my bike the morning of. I I never really have any issues with just walking it over and setting it up on the
0: rack. Okay. What did you do once you got to transition?
1: Uh, So I walked, uh, found my number, uh, made sure to sort of find a a spot that I could sight where my bike was in case I was sort of just, you know, disoriented coming out of the water uh, rack up my bike. And then I start taking everything out in the order that I'm, I'm, you know, going to put it. And I know that like when I first started doing triathlons, um, it was like, okay, kind of learning what I needed at what point did I need it? What needed to go on top of what, cause you don't want to waste too much time. You want to have everything to where you could just grab it. Like, okay, helmet. Then under that, I got my bike shoes. And then in there I got my, you know, my gels or whatever else that I need. And, uh, so I just start setting everything up as, as if I was about to do the race. I'm like, okay, you know, goggles over here and, uh, the helmet on here and, you know, put my towel right there and my running shoes, you know, just everything in the order that I knew that I was going to need it. And I would just kind of act it out. So you you see me kind of standing there with my hands up and down, just kind of acting like, okay, this and this and this and this, okay, good to go. And then I go through it like maybe one more time. Um, and then I like to. Like I look around, just see like who's next to me, not be in their way. I I, I never, I, I'm always afraid, you know, like the, the racing etiquette, not getting people's way, uh, find a really good place off to the side where I could put my, my bag just to get it. You know, I I'm just going to leave under my bike, what I need. I don't need this, get this off to the side, leave space for the people next to me. And then after that, just, you know, little things like maybe some sunblock. Um, like I said, my husband's there so like oh does he need something do i need something and then porta potties
0: for number Quick. 3
1: for number 3 <laughs> exactly
0: wow so now then you mentioned all the bags was this a clean transition where you had to have everything in bags or could you lay your stuff out
1: you I okay, could, like my uh no like my 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 tri bag my tri backpack so once oh okay yeah i had everything laid out but you know um so the cool thing about doing races with my husband is that we both get to do it together. We have stuff to talk about. The bad thing is that we don't have anybody to carry our stuff. <laughs> so we don't have a Sherpa. <laughs> so you have to kind of find like, okay, well, I have this big bulky bag. Don't really have anybody to hold it for me. So then just kind of try to find to go off to the side. And the transition area, it was set up very comfortably. Somehow, uh, the, t- the person to my left and on my right of the bike did not make it to the race. So I ended up having those huge spots on the side. Yeah, had all
0: this elbow room. I had
1: all this elbow room. So it was like awesome. And I really didn't notice too much until afterwards where somebody was like, oh, you got all this space. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like reserve number one. But um, it it just, you know, like it, it ended up being really comfortable. And the the transition area was set up. I thought that I was close to where I was coming in from the swim. So it was like, oh, Yeah. But they ended up closing that side of where my bike was. So I actually had to run all the way around to get to my bike and then run all the way around back to get out of transition.
0: Oh, man. So for this race, what type of wheels were you using?
1: Reynolds. Reynolds?
0: You were airing up your tires. How much PSI were you putting in your tires? 100. 100? Yeah. And so now, is that too soft for you or too hard?
1: I think it's just right. Uh, Like I said, uh, I just do what my husband says. (laughs) I'm like, look, can you help me with this? I I know it sounds funny. I'd actually joked about this before, but he, I really depend on him a lot. You know, like he, he knows, you know, what the bike needs and, and and I'm just like, look, what do I need for this? And I, I just do, I just do I just do what he says. And it always, I mean, I do what he says and it comes out great. And so that's why I keep doing what he says.
0: So this was a wetsuit legal race at 75.9 and you were wearing a wetsuit. What type of wetsuit were you wearing?
1: I had a sleeveless Xterra wetsuit.
0: Okay. Now, did that work pretty good for you?
1: Yeah. It um, it was actually one that my husband had because he had a long sleeve and then the sleeveless And so, uh, I was just, I was like borrowing it, (laughs) but it, this is the second time I've used it and it worked out well. It, it chafes my neck a lot though, which I didn't notice until after the race I did in Austin. So this time I prepared myself and just put a bunch of uh, lube on my neck. And, um, so it didn't chafe as much as it had for the last race.
0: (laughs) So in between the time that you left transition and the time that you started the race, were you stressed out at all?
1: No, I, I really, I was pretty calm. Like I said, I want to have like a, just a little second of, you know, kind of like butterflies in my stomach, but I was actually pretty calm. And now thinking about it, what's crazy, crazier about being as calm as I was, because I had heard some stories about alligators being in the water and how the jet skis were there to scare off the alligators. And someone had taken a picture of a baby alligator and at no moment that I was in the water was I worried about alligators. I was more worried about the people that kept getting on top of me than actual alligators.
0: Wow. This swim course is not a simple swim course. Walk me through that.
1: The swim course was odd because it had sort of, well, when I looked at, at the course map, to me, it reminded me of like a pair of Bermuda pants or something. And I was like, wait a minute. So I'm not going out and then to the right and then in again. I have to go out to the right then in, but hold on, take a left, another left to go back out, then take a right and then come back in. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I have to like pay attention to the, to the buoys, which in hindsight, I should have just looked at the red buoy telling me where to turn instead of trying to just make, you know, follow the yellow ones because I felt like I probably zigzagged a lot in the water. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I was the only one because I heard a lot of people saying the same thing. Like they felt like they were zigzagging, especially on that inside turn. And uh, I I just had, this is the first time I've ever had an open water swim where I've had so many people on top of me or I have been on top of so many people. And, you know, when you're in the water, like I had one person like literally just shoved me out of the way. But I mean, I expected that because I know, you know, we're in the water. You're trying to tell this person, look, I'm here. I need my space and that's fine. I had to do that to somebody else. Uh, someone else's hand like slapped my butt. I don't know if it was on purpose. Let's go with that. But, uh, you know, just it, just people all over the place. So it, it it's a little offsetting because, you know, you, you first jump into the water. And when I first jump in, I always have that little moment of sort of hyperventilation, just sort of like <laughs> where it's not because you're nervous. You just you're just jumping in and you're full of adrenaline. So. I put my head in the water and I try to breathe every five strokes until I calm down. Then I start breathing every three. So you want to kind of get that, that rhythm in the water. And normally I'm not too worried about my speed and it's not like you could just stop and look at your watch. Like, Oh, how fast am I going? So I'm more worried about how comfortable am I that I could just swim smooth and just have a nice pace in the water and feel good and not stop because as soon as you stop to look up, it's gonna it's gonna pull you back and it's gonna slow you down, and just you know try to get it to where I turn my head to the right, I'm sighting okay who's on my right, who's on my left, or what's on my right or left, and I just have this smooth swim. So what was off putting at that point then was because then you have somebody falling on you or vice versa, and it kind of just throws off the whole you know s- swimming smoothly, and I-, I wasn't getting at all panicked or anything. I was fine. I was calm about the whole situation, but it would, it just didn't help to have, you know, like that, that nice, smooth swim. I I had done uh, my second open water swim last year. I got lucky and I had a person on my left and a person on my right that at no moment were they near me, but they swam very straight. So I looked at them for the whole swim part of the course and I mean, I was just like out and in and it was like, it was smooth sailing. But for this one, like I said, it was, it was kind of chaotic, but you know, I, like I said, I, I, ex- I expect that it was fine. I, I got through the swim and luckily right before, cause it was a, it was a rolling start. So we just seated ourselves where we, you know, we thought, you know, the time we were going to do it in. And as we're standing there, the first swimmer comes in uh, and when the, when they come in, you know, they're running to the shore. Everyone's clap. Oh yeah, the first swimmer, and boom, they go down into the water, and like, oh no, they fell. And then they get up. Well, I realized that there was a dip on the on the floor under the water. So I told myself, okay, when I get to that point, I need to make sure that I'm I'm paying attention. And I, I didn't know where I had to run to like get around it. Didn't know how big it was. But I actually, when I got to the end of the swim, I did find that little dip. But I was ready, so I just kind of let myself go. I pushed off of the bottom. And came back up and then ran out of the water, so it worked out.
0: Nice. And now, were there wetsuit strippers at this race?
1: No. So I was getting out of the water, like frantically looking around for somebody to just you know take you know take off the wetsuit, and then there wasn't. So I ran, looking, looking, got all the way to where my bike was, and I said, "Okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to take this off myself." And I'm not. practiced as well in taking off the wetsuit and so when I pull it off and get to my foot that is an issue but not only just with the getting it off my foot but I tend to cramp up a lot so every time I would
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa take it easy Judy. (laughs) more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at slots.com Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Get to my foot. My foot would cramp. So I had to literally sit down wait for my foot to not cramp up and then just I mean just slowly just nonchalant like if I had no cares in the world had to just take off you know I'm sure people were watching me like why is she not in a hurry why is she not trying to go faster it's like she doesn't even care you know I was like look my foot's gonna cramp up I gotta take my time
0: okay so aside from having cramps how was T1 for you
1: besides that it was good I have to use uh toe socks because it keeps my, you know, it keeps the toes separated. And then I avoid the chafing between the toes because I would get blisters really bad. So I made an executive decision to put them on right before the bike so that I could have a faster transition in T2. So I had to kind of struggle with that. Just getting my toes in the right place. You know, your feet are wet. So the socks catching on everything. And then again with the cramping. But I just try to keep myself calm because if not, it probably taking even longer. Finally got my socks on. Put on my bike shoes, made sure I had my helmet, uh, grabbed my bike, and I had it – I had my bike – they had said there was going to be an incline at the beginning, so I had it geared to where I knew, you know, it was going to be easy to get up that hill. Ran all the way around to the actual exit, and, uh, you know, again, I just try to keep myself calm because I'm like, I'm not – I don't want to be one of those people, which is no problem if it happens because it's normal, but I don't want to fall – before I even get on the bike. So I just kind of take a deep breath, make sure I'm out of the way of those coming behind me. And I just like, okay, leg over, get up, you know, start pushing the pedal, clip in one side and make sure that I'm going, then clipping it. You know, I just try to just take it very calm. Cause I'm not, I'm not in that much of a hurry until I know I'm set and then I can get in a hurry.
0: Okay. So I would assume you're not doing a flying mount or anything like that.
1: Oh no. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I know me.
0: (laughs) Okay, now are you using any type of chamois cream to help not be uncomfortable on the bike?
1: Yes. Uh I, I, Ruby's lube and it it works every time. It just it uh I put it like uh on my heels, between my toes, um, on my neck because I had never done a wetsuit swim when I did Austin. And did not realize until I got in the shower after the race that the wetsuit had completely just shaved my neck. Really? So yeah, and 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 you know, like like it happens. You don't notice these areas until you step into the shower, and then it's like, whoa! So uh, I made sure to remember this time to put some of it on my, you know, to put the Ruby's lube on my neck, and, um, and then of course you, you get you got to get between the the legs and everything. Cause I know that's another area that's, you know, you're always trying to get comfortable on that bike there. So, uh, uh I also had some chafing under my arm, but it could have been cause it was the first time using the kit. And so I, I didn't really know that I was going to get that shaving right there. And it wasn't too bad, you know, considering. So besides that, uh, I didn't have any shaving. I had a little bit on my neck after the race. And. Oh, one of my roomies said to put some Ruby's lube on it. And she said, it'll be better in the morning. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Sure, whatever. So I put it on and the next day it was actually it was better. It had it actually had gotten better. I was surprised, but that was pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> wow. So now then after you get out on the bike, how were the first 2 miles on the bike for you?
1: It was good. Uh when they had talked about an incline right after T1, I was I was imagining like a bigger incline than what it was. And so you do have a climb, but it's not not bad at all. And when I felt that I was situated and I was good and I had my bearings, uh, that's when I, I had my chocolate wafer and, you know, I did my water and I made sure to stay to the right, all the way to the right. Cause I didn't want anybody, you know, coming full force behind me, hitting me or anything. And I'm trying to balance the water bottle and everything. Uh, I had my water. Uh, I, my plan was to try to eat and hydrate more on the bike because I knew that by the time I'd get to the run, uh, I didn't want to be putting too many things on my stomach
0: all right, so you get out on the bike. Did you have a strategy for how to tackle the bike on this race?
1: Well, because I feel like I'm stronger on the run, I didn't want to burn myself out on the on the bike. But because I feel like I've gotten better on the bike, uh, you know, I I wanted to keep um, at a certain speed. So I I usually think to myself, if I can if I can keep more or less like at 17, which to me is is good. <laughs> then I'm, I'm good to go. So I just kind of try to not dip under that number and not get frustrated if I get to like nine because I'm, you know, taking a hill or something like that, because you can get kind of frustrated when those things happen. You start seeing those numbers and you're like, what the heck? Like all this training and I'm doing like nine miles per hour, but I- I'll try to remind myself, okay, you're going up a hill. That's what's going to happen. And then I also like look around 'Cause I'm usually not the only one huffing and puffing trying to get up the hill. And so that that helps as well. Um, another thing I try to do, which I actually surprised myself when I went ahead and let myself do this in Austin was okay, if I'm gonna be doing nine going up that hill, I'm doing twenty three, twenty-four, come down. Like I'm gonna take those downhills. I mean, that's like that's free speed and I'm taking it. So I was surprised because I I'm always so afraid to fall on the bike. I was surprised that I just go ahead and just let myself just fly down. Now I won't go down an arrow, but I will hang on and just get my body as low as I can.
0: Okay. You're not, your confidence on the bike. Isn't that great yet?
1: No, no. Good to go downhill. But (laughs) I remember though, in Austin, like I was going up a hill and I mean, I was pushing and pushing and, and you know, your feet are clipped into the pedals. And I knew I could not push one more time without needing to get unclipped and get off the bike and that wasn't going to happen. So in other words, I'm like, I'm going down. So what I did was I started looking to the side, and go, okay, where is like the softest patch of grass? And I started going like this. I'm like, all right, I'm going over there. Cause that's where I'm going to fall. And I started going to the side. And it, I'm telling you, God must've pushed me up that hill because before I knew it, I was actually at the top and I was like, Oh, Oh great. And then I just kept going, but I, I, I made sure to make that plan just in case. So I knew knew where I was landing if I was falling off that bike.
0: Okay. So now were you trying to hit a certain cadence or power number on the bike?
1: Well, I don't have a power meter, um, but I don't feel like I need it right now. Usually I'll just look at like my heart rate, just make sure like, okay, am I pushing as as hard as I can um, or maybe just a little under as hard as I can and uh, just try to keep like that steady pace if, if I feel like it's more flat terrain, like, okay, I could do 17, maybe push it a little bit more 18, but you know, it's kind of funny because when you're on the bike, you're like aware of everything, you know, who's on the left, who's on the right, what's in the front, what's in the back. How hard are you pushing? Are you breathing the right way? It's like, like 20 million things, like even much more than on the swim or even running. So you don't really have time to really think about anything. So every once in a while, I'm like, wait, wait, Look oh, look at the trees look at the you've never been here before this is you know this ain't city wow look at the orange trees you know and then you're right back into it but at least take just take a moment to to enjoy the scenery before you start looking at the twenty million things that are surrounding you at the time
0: okay so now were you trying to keep your heart rate in a certain zone at a certain threshold not above a certain number where were you going with that?
1: I was trying to I would look and uh try to keep it. At sort of tempo, I guess, which to me would be like 150s. Uh, at one point, I did look down, and it was probably at 140. And that's why I told myself, okay, I know I can push a little harder, you know, harder than that. Um, I kept kept trying to, uh, so I pushed a little harder, but but trying to keep in mind to, you know, take in my liquids. I also had uh, base salt. I, I did a lot of base salt because I, I know how easily I get those cramps at the end. Which it helped because I I didn't cramp up. I had a little twinge on the run, but then it just I ran I ran through it and it went away.
0: So it was good. Okay. So how was the quality of the roads for this course?
1: It was excellent. I would have to say that the the roads were were great. That they marked any places that could have been dangerous really really well. Also, I noticed that at least around me, the bikers were very, uh, very helpful they, uh, with one another. Like they'd point to make sure like, look, you see, there's a hole right there. I had that happen several times. So I was very grateful. And then because of that, it reminded me to be, you know, the same as considerate to those behind me. It's like, oh, look, there's a hole. You know, this guy just told me I'm telling you. So you go ahead and let the next guy know. Um, there was only one part. I would say maybe six miles left to finish probably the roads got really, really bumpy. And it was, it was very difficult to maintain, um, over that like 17 that I wanted. And, and like, I felt like I was pushing as hard as I could and I I just stayed at like 15, 14 and it, you know, and I just kept going, okay, just please God, after this corner, you know, give me some, some better road. Well, how about after this corner? Well, how about now? And then it, it eventually smoothed out and, um, it was when I'm coming down at the end of the bike ride, which, uh, I guess some people would say you didn't give it your all if you came in like this. But when I was coming in to the, to that, to T2, I was so excited that I did not have a flat. I was so excited that I had not fallen that I was just screaming all the way in. Woo! I was like, I got this. And of course, you know, people start getting all like fired up when somebody comes in, like all excited. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I made it. I didn't fall. <laughs> And of course, being careful that I didn't fall before I got there, but, you know, then get to the mount line again, be careful of whoever's buying. Cause I've seen, I've seen people crashing because they're so, I guess they're so excited to get to the dismount that they, they're they not paying attention. So again, just paying attention to who, who's ever around. Let me get off, you know, okay. Nobody's on my right. Going to get off to my right. Going to dismount. And, uh, so I made sure I had fun on the end of that bike ride. And I did. <laughs>
0: Nice. As far as the bike goes, is there anything that you would tell someone to be aware of that hasn't done this bike course before?
1: Well, I would, I would tell them about the incline at the beginning, you know, uh, they'll, they'll, they would see it when they get there, but it takes a little bit of time, you know, it takes a while. There are several sharp curves just to, and, and again, they mark the course very well. It, it, it says slow down. So just, you know, I would tell someone pay attention to the signs pay attention to where it says slow down because they mean it when they say slow down. Um, You know, don't, don't, if, if it's someone inexperienced uh, like me, where I'm not as experienced, don't try to take those curves and arrow. I I would, I would never, I would love to, and I would love to look as awesome as some of these people look when they're taking those curves and arrow, but don't do it. It's not worth it. Like just, you know, get up on those bars and take those curves. And I would, I would tell them about that little portion. Like, look, get your, get your speed in before, Don't let it get you down because that part, several people told me that that specific area was just a pain in the butt. And it was, but it it was a small portion of the course, you know, compared to all the rest of it where it was just, it was smooth going.
0: Okay. Now the final few miles of the bike, did you do any type of transitional cool down to kind of get your legs loose or stretch your hips out to prep you for the run?
1: I did have um, many moments where not necessarily at the end, but for, the, for about, about the first 50 miles of the bike, for some reason, my hips got very tight, kind of like like I was in a vice. And for a second, it kind of worried me. I was like, oh my gosh, is this, good? Is this how the 56 miles is going to be? But I just, I kept working through it. And then all of a sudden it did not hurt anymore. So I guess I just had to get warmed up and I felt, I felt good. But then every once in a while, it would feel kind of tight on my hips. So what I would do... Again, making sure that it was clear all around me and that it was a straight, like I'm not going downhill or going, having to go up. If I had a straight flat path, I would get stand up on the bike and just kind of lean over and just try to stretch those muscles out a little bit. And actually a couple of the last inclines, I took pedaling standing up because I felt like, you know, I was just, I was able to rest certain muscles and work some other muscles and just kind of get the blood flowing better. I didn't really do that totally like consciously. Like it's not like I went in with that plan, but it's something that I did at the moment. And I feel like it helped me out a lot whenever I started the run, which when I when I get to the run, which I had to learn of course from like doing my first triathlons. Uh, when I switched to, to the triathlon bike, my transition into running was a lot better. Like my legs weren't as tired as when I was using that road bike. So I'm glad I switched to that bike. But I also noticed that you can't just, you can't just sprint out from T2. Like you have to let yourself, because now you're gonna pull something for sure. So just kind of do like a stupid, easy run. Like, hey, y'all, I'm here. Let's get this going. Yay! And then when you feel, okay, I feel like my legs are mine again, then start, you know, kind of pushing it. Cause I have pulled a couple things that I have not wanted to pull because I'm, I'm like, Oh yeah, let's get it.
0: <laughs> nice. So how was T2 for you?
1: T2 was good. I uh, probably, I felt like I could have probably gone a little faster, I, but it, it, I definitely probably, it took me about half the time that it did for T1, but that was my, you know, my, my, that was my goal from the beginning, you know, get, get all this stuff that's going to take a long time done for T1 uh get the helmet off throw it down don't worry about if it looks pretty or not just make sure it's not anybody's way Uh, i have the lock laces so i can just slip those shoes on how's it go (laughs) Uh, yeah i have to do sound effects (laughs) (laughs) it's better that way i'm half puerto rican so it's either with my hands or making sound effects so you know
0: (laughs) nice so now then you get out of the run you take the first few minutes easy and did you walk out of transition
1: Oh no, I'm running. Okay. So you're
0: running, but it was kind (laughs) of held held back a little bit.
1: Yeah. It's very, just like jogging, like very slow, very slow. Okay. Yeah. And it, 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 it was, this, it was an interesting, uh, it was interesting because as soon as you get out of T2, you are headed towards the finish line. This is how the, it was right now. You're not going to the finish line because you need to do three laps around the lake, but you kind of see this is where I'm g- going to end up in a couple of hours. And so of course, everybody's there and cheering you on. So that it really pumped you up. Cause you're like, yeah, I got this. And you know, everyone's cheering. And they got the cowbells going. And then uh, what was even more awesome about that whole beginning is like, after I passed all the people sort of like near the finish line there, I saw all the big, sexy racing teammates and they had signs up and everything. And they actually had a sign of me and my husband and it said, when both do the races, who's Sherpas? And I was like, that's right. <laughs> so I got, I got a bunch of really cool high fives, all the BSR shirts. And it, that w- that was an amazing feeling because, you know, we're, we're, we're team, we're teammates, but we only see each other, you know, on Facebook and everything. And then finally you get to see these people in person and hear like the cheers and the kudos and you get to like cheer on other people and, and, you know, slap them on the butt or think about it, but not do it. Cause you don't know them that well, but you know, just like, Hey, <laughs> I knew you better. I give you a slap on the butt, but it, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was awesome. That, that whole, that whole part of it, just being a part of that, that, you know, club was just, it was amazing.
0: Nice. Now then how was your nutrition plan for the run?
1: Well, I had these awesome pockets on the side of my pants. Cause it was a, you know, on it was an on uh kit. And it was, it was, like it was, it was awesome. So I was really excited about these pockets, you know, like, Oh, I like my kid. It's got pockets kind of like deal. So I had um, some UMA gels I had stuck on the sides. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my UMA gels and take advantage of the nutrition that's on the course. And the, the funny thing was that I finished the race with the two UMA gels in my pockets, because I just, I had so much nutrition just from what was on the course that I didn't need it. But also the bike had been overcast but when we got to the run the sun came out really yes and it was beautiful but not to run I was like oh Oh. yeah well you could feel like the sun rays just eating at your skin and I was like oh great so my plan of having a sub two I ditched like right at the beginning of the of the not super the beginning but you you pass all the people you come around and then when you turn another corner, there's an incline. And I mean, a good little hill right there. So I was w- looking, everybody, most everybody was walking. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. Like a lot of the people that passed me on the bike, I was passing on the run. I was like, oh, you pass me. You pass me. You know, kind of like, oh, well, I'm, pa- I'm passing you now. But um, I-, I always promise myself that when I ha- have to go up a hill on a run, I'm not going to walk it. I will run it very slow, very slow and not worry about my pace, but I'm not going to run it because even running very slowly, I'm still passing all these people that are walking, which there's no, there's no shame in walking, but that's sort of like my goal. My specific individual goal is okay. No walking unless you get to the stations, you know, to the aid stations. That's the only time that I let myself walk is when I get to those aid stations. So I come around It's hot. I'm ditching the the sub two time, which in Austin I actually had I did 159 on the run. And I was pumped when I got over the finish line because on my watch it said 159. And I kept yelling to my husband, I don't care what the official time says. I did a sub two. And the official time did say 159. So I was like, whoop, whoop. Okay. So I did that sub two. So for this one, I said, okay, forget, I'm not gonna do a sub two. It's too hot, it's too humid, it's too sunny. Um there was about six or seven people on course with hoses. Really? And I Yes. I went through every single one. I take off my sunglasses and my hat and spread my arms and I'd say thank you. And then I'd just keep running, put my hat on and my glasses. I mean, I I mean my my shoes were soaked, but I didn't even think about it because it was so hot. The water felt so good. And um, I also did something else I never do when they offer ice. I mean, I would just pull like the back of my shirt like this, like throw it in there. And thinking, you know, as I start running with the ice for the first time, I'm like, what am I thinking? You know, I'm going to get like frostbite. My skin's got, I'm not going to feel my skin, but it was so hot. It just, it just melted just like quick. And uh, that was quick. So, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah. So uh, I took that incline, that little hill. And as I get to the top, you know, you're always looking at the top of that hill like, I, I just got to get right there. Got to get right there. Then I can, I can kick it up a little bit. So I got to the top, and what I saw was another hill. And I was like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> so I get I go, okay, just just one more. And um, they had this wonderful, wonderful older gentleman standing on that second hill cheering people on. And he was there. I mean, I saw him the three times. To where, of course, the third time I saw him, I said, this is the last time I see you. I'm sure he heard that all day but he was, I don't know his name, but he, he rocked. He was just like, yeah, giving high fives. Come on, you got this. And it was, it was awesome. So I did that, that second incline. And then, you know, it kind of looked like it leveled out a little bit, but there was a lot of like little inclines. So, you know, you're kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because when you're just walking or driving a car, you don't notice it. But when you run, it's like 10 times worse. So I'm like, Oh, we'll get to go up again, but going through the neighborhood the people were amazing. They had signs. There was a there was a, a this big house with these people sitting in the front. They were like old, they were like oh, somebody said an old folks home. I didn't really notice because of kind of like tunnel vision a little bit, but they had the radio just blasting like 70s music. And so every time I'd run by I'd just start, you know, singing like the 70s music, like, oh will survive. And I was like, Yeah, that's right. And I was just, you know, running and laughing and singing. Um there was a high number there was over 100 triathletes from Puerto Rico there. Wow. So I was like, oh yeah, mi familia. I was like, this is my family. you know. So I was like all pumped up because there's all these Puerto Ricans in, in the race. And um, so there was some people sitting towards the left and they had this salsa music playing. So it kind of took me back to being on the island and so I was running. I was like, oh, so I started dancing salsa while I'm running. And they're like, yay, we're And I was like, oh, si, si, si. And I, was, and I said in Spanish, I love this music. And then I kept running. I was like, they probably think I'm like just crazy. When I came back around the second time, they they saw me. And they started going, hey, hey, hey. So, of course, every time I passed, I had to dance some salsa music as I was running past. It was awesome. It was awesome.
0: Wow. So mentally, how hard was this race for you? Uh,
1: it it hurt. It was it. Like I said, the, the swim was fine. Uh, the bike was fine, but it was when I got to the run, I was I, ha- I was not expecting those hills because you know I'm thinking Florida, it's flat. Yeah, no, no, not Haines City. It's not. Don't go there thinking it's flat because it's not. <laughs> but um, it, I just I wasn't expecting the humidity. I wasn't expecting the heat, and uh, that kind of threw me for a loop. And like I said, that like, I had made the decision to, like, if it's gonna be a good race, good weather. Okay, beast mode, baby. But it's if it's not gonna be good weather, then I'm gonna have fun with it. Because when you think back, you get to think about how you felt, right? So I don't wanna think back to me running, being miserable, like, oh, this sucks. I'm not gonna do the time I want. This isn't the way I thought it was gonna be, you know. I wanna think back to just having fun, smiling, dancing salsa in the middle of a run, you know, just like all this cool stuff. And so my my body hurt, my feet hurt, but I promise myself, keep smiling. Keep pumping your arms up and down, you know nothing's keeping you from doing that. Uh, give give other people cheers. Um, sometimes you get some moans and grumbles, you know. Sometimes, but uh, most of the time, people smile. Like you got this, girl. Get it. Um, and then you come down back to that starting line with all those people there. So you're like, oh, I gotta run this again. But then it's like. All right, just soak in all that energy, soak in all that energy from the people right by the finish line and take it and then run with it for another lap. So I did the whole thing, did, you know, the, the, I'm gonna tell you something, okay, so I'm gonna tell you something funny about this. Did, did the, the second lap, the two inclines, right? And then uh, the little semi inclines started the third lap. I go, that's it. I just gotta take these two big ones one more time and I'm done. I'm not lying. This is what happened. Go up the first go up the second. So my old friend said, this is the last time I'm going to see you all good. <laughs> go around the little neighborhood. And all of a sudden a third incline. I'm like, where did this come from? Somebody changed the course on me. This was not here before. I'm telling you, I'm like, and the whole time I'm running up, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what happened. Where did this incline that? No, this hill was not here. I'm telling you, it was not here. Finish the race. And later on, I told someone, you know, this third hill popped up out of nowhere. And they said, right? I didn't remember that third hill. I'm like, I'm t- I'm telling you, I don't know what happened. Somebody changed the course on this, but there was no third hill. So I would tell somebody then, hasn't done Haines City, three. There are three. <laughs> Just, you know, way i like over here. Three, three, three hills. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. So how was the last 800 yards before the finish?
1: Um, The, the last portion of that loop right which would be about like the eight last eight it's a lot of uh, a decent so you actually going down so it, it feels good because you feel like you're going fast and uh i'm coming in and actually my husband his foot had been hurting so he wasn't sure if he was gonna able to even finish the race so but i know him and i know he's not going to want to just quit so i kept waiting to maybe see him walking so 800 meter you know before the finish line i'm thinking I haven't seen this man. He probably he probably he's probably done already. And I was kind of hoping I'd pass him on the run, but I didn't. So I I didn't see him. I knew I knew he was fine, but I just I was like, okay, he probably finished already. So I'm coming in and I'm like, all right, let me push it. Got to look strong. Got to smile. You know, uh, I want those pictures to look good. Because normally it, it looks like I'm having like stomach issues or something on my pictures. Like that's the running joke is that I always look like I'm having like just problems. You know what I'm saying? Like. Ugh. Anyways, I never have good race pictures. So uh, I said, No, I'm going to smile. I'm going to have some good race pictures. And I'm coming in and I'm coming to that finish line. And I hear, Bibet. And I turn my head to the left. And I see my husband. And I'm like, Hey. Okay. He always stops to give me a kiss. I just kept running. I love you. And I, I kept running to the finish line. Not like I was doing this stuff too, but I was like, I did say, I love you. But um, looking at the race pictures, the photographer got me at the point when I tu- I had my head turned and I, I have the biggest smile on my face. My head's turned. I'm looking at my husband. I didn't stop. I was just up in the air, you know, but they caught that moment. And someone asked me, like, what were you looking at? What caught your attention? I was like, well, David, I just didn't stop to tell him hello. But, you know, I did tell him I love him. So
0: That's awesome. So after you cross the finish line, what would you do next?
1: Oh. Uh, well, right before across the finish line, I did a little dance. So that might be my thing because I did a little dance in Austin too. So uh, that might be my new thing. So I got some good pictures of like, you know, finish line dancing. Again, let me warn those that have never done one. Do not try this until you have taken a quick look behind you because you don't want to do, do a little dance when there's somebody trying to get it, their finish line picture. Um, but the coast was clear. Did a little finish line uh, dance. Got over the finish line made sure to keep walking because when I stop, it's like everything, you know, just kind of gets tight and cramps up, just kind of keep the legs moving, grab water, grab some Gatorade, banana, um, came over, uh, they have, you know, the photographers. So got to get, you know, a little picture with the metal, like, and then, um, David was waiting for me, came around, we went and we got, I, I don't know. I'm normally not hungry, after race, I think I'm going to be, I'm like, I'm all about eating some food afterwards. And then I'm like, Oh no, I don't feel good. And, um, this time I said, no, I'm really hungry. And they had some like, uh, street tacos or something from some local Mexican place. And it was delicious. It was delicious. And there was like, there was meat and there was beans. And since I was done with the race, I was like, give me some beans. I don't have to worry about it. I had, you know, I had my drink and I mean, I just, I devoured it. And then had some other BSR members sitting in front of us who were all talking about the race and, and just, you know, like what, what was not good about it? What was good about it? But we, you know, we all had a really, really good time. And then you have that moment where all the aches and pains that you had while you were running, where you're thinking, why am I doing this? I could be home. I could be having some coffee. I could be watching TV. You know, this is stupid. Um, Like all that stuff, it's out the window. It's gone. You're like, this is why, this is why I do it because to, to, Prove to myself that I can get out there and do something and and be successful. No matter what your time is, you cross the finish line. That's it. You made it. You finished. And and it was just all worth it at that point.
0: Nice. So looking back on it, how well prepared do you think you were for this race?
1: Not as prepared as I would have liked to have been, but prepared enough I knew I could do it. And, um, I think I would tell that to, to a lot of people too, uh, sometimes people will say, Oh, I want to do an Ironman or, uh, you know, I want to do a full Ironman or even like a marathon. And, um, what I see, what they do sometimes is they, they jump right into that instead of letting themselves slowly, you know, train and, and get ready for it. And then what happens is they jump into it and then they have a miserable time and they tell everyone, no, it sucks. It's terrible. It's horrible. Like, no, let yourself, you know, train hard so that you can have a good race so that you can have a fun race so you can enjoy the race, you know, just, just do the training, you know, how, so I knew I was trained enough that I would enjoy the race. Um, I would love to have more time to really, you know, just to, cause, uh, a friend of mine said, you're so competitive, but in a good way. Right. And I'm like, I'm not competitive. And then I realized, you know what? I am competitive. (laughs) But, I mean, I'm realistic. So if I know I hadn't trained enough, I'm not going to think I'm going to go out there and blow it out of the water. I would love to have as much time that I could to to train the way I, I want to. Uh, but I don't have that time right now. So I'm just appreciative of the time that I do have. And maybe one day, you know, I can train hard enough that I, maybe I can actually be David in
0: the
1: Man. Uh, but, um, But, yeah, I just... I, not as prepared, but like I said, prepared enough that I could go out there and have a good time and, and finish it.
0: Nice. Now, did you PR this race?
1: Total time, I did.
0: Nice, but how much? I did.
1: Yeah, I, I did, I did, I did do a better time, which was a little surprising because I think my swim time was longer, and then my run time was a couple minutes. Well, I, speaking of run time, when I finished, I said, "Oh, let me just see what I did for the run. Just let me see." I looked, two o two. So close. I was like, "Oh, David's like two minutes is still a long time." I was like, "Yeah, you're right, you're right, but still, you know." I'm like, oh. "But anyway, but as a whole, I, I I did I did PR
0: nice." What's something that you learned from this race that you'd like to pass on to someone else that hasn't done this race before?
1: Mainly, don't expect it to be flat. Uh, Austin was was very hilly, and I. I I was excited to have like a flat course, but that's not what it was. So it, it was hillier. So don't, don't expect it to be uh, flat number one. Uh, I think, oh, I'd warn them. I would warn them about the, uh, the swim route, the, it's, you know, how it's kind of tricky, just probably sight the buoy that you need to just turn at, I would not mention the alligators at all just in case I'd keep that to myself <laughs> and um, and that that's that's about it Oh I, I mean I warned them I, like I said, I'd warn them about that third incline on the run and uh, I'd let them know that the people in the neighborhoods were just amazing,
0: just amazing. Wow. so how can athletes follow you if they want to follow you?
1: Uh, they can find me on Facebook as Michelle Reed. Um, they can find me on Instagram at Pepperlease. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a funny name. It's just P E P R E L I S. Okay. It, it's me being lazy with Dr. Pepper and my, my oldest daughter's name, just kind of taking letters out. So it doesn't make any sense, but that, that's, that's my username.
0: <laughs> nice. So we've covered a lot today. Do you have anything else that you would like to add about the race?
1: For uh, Haines City, Florida, try to get in some Disney days because I kept seeing the signs <laughs> where it was like so close to Disney. I was like, what? I could have like planned some Disney days. Uh, it, so it's very, you know, tourist area It's beautiful though. Um, yeah. So just give yourself a little bit of time to maybe see the sites, even if it's not, you know, if it's Universal Studios or, or something else, anything around the area, just give yourself some time to like see the sites and um and just enjoy that course. It I really did like it a lot. It was it was a it was a really nice course. It it was very fun.
0: Nice. So what's next for you?
1: We were gonna take a break from big races for just a little bit to kind of dedicate time to the kids. But then uh, as it goes, uh, I got people that I know that are like, uh, you know, New Orleans October. Just saying seventy point three. I'm like, oh, uh, we'll see, we'll see. So I don't know. Maybe tomorrow morning I'll wake up and say I'm signing up for that.
0: Nice. So I only have one more question for you, and that's, what's your definition of a perfect race?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I don't think there is a perfect race. I mean, if there was, then you probably wouldn't race anymore after you did that. So I think that um, the perfect race, uh, I think for me, is to have the perfect race within every race in the sense that learn something from every race, whether it was terrible weather or you didn't train hard enough, you know, learn something from it, but just, uh, not just pick apart like the negative things, but also just what was positive about it. What was like the good things about it? Because that's, that's why we should do it. Take, look at the the things that were negative to be better, but take the positives to really get like that that enjoyment, like the, like the, why you're doing it just to, to, to enjoy life and, um, to, to enjoy what you're doing. Nobody wants to do anything that makes them, you know, unhappy. You, you know, you do it for, for the joy of it all. So whether you had like an awesome sub two run (laughs) or, you know, you met some people or, uh, you know, you got to help someone do it. Um, just, take advantage of all the, all those positive things and make yourself happy thinking about
0: it. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed hearing about your race and I look forward to following you in the future. Thank you. I've enjoyed it.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, you, you have a good day. Okay. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you are able to learn something from today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please take a minute to leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see pictures from this athlete's race, learn more about who I am, what I'm doing, or be on the show yourself to share your story, check out my website at CoachTerryWilson.com. Until next time, continue the pursuit.